everybody. Welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am with Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am excellent. Just ate a pretty tasty grilled cheese sandwich. I'm ready to mm. go. How are you? I am good. I had the first barbecue of the year, followed by a cheesecake. So oh, man. I had cheesecake the other day. It was delicious. Uh, yeah, I, I've never met a cheesecake I didn't like. Yeah. Actually, I did once. And I was unimpressed. (laughs) So someone made like a a s'more cheesecake or something. It was, it was, it was terrible. Hmm. Um, It's from a restaurant too. I was very surprised. Anyways, um, let's get into the news right away this week because this is a large episode. Um, Starting with the news that Daniel Bryan is officially a free agent. Yeah. Um, that match he had last week where he was supposed to be kicked off of SmackDown, he's done. Like yeah. his contract is over and it had originally been reported that he, his contract was going to be expiring in September. That's not the case. And he did an interview. I can't remember who it was with. It wasn't the TV guide or a TV guide, but for some reason, TV guide does follow wrestling. <laughs> like they get some interviews sometimes, That's but funny. he, he did an interview where, yeah, he did an interview where he said that, um, people are real. this was prior to the news of his contract, but he said that people are really, um, picking on the, on the September date for when, for when my contract is. And I can tell you that's not the date. And this was prior to him leaving. And, he said that he said the reason why people are saying September is because previously that's when my contract had ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is why that was there. And also it was up on Fightful and that is generally people's go-to for when contracts are up. Um, yeah, he's done. Apparently he is, he's WWE is trying to sign him still, but apparently they've been trying to sign him since the new year yeah. and it hasn't happened. Um, who knows why that is? It could be that he wants, he just wants to take a break. It could be that he wants to wrestle elsewhere. It could be that he wants to wrestle a bunch of little different places. Yeah. I can see him wanting to just wrestle a bunch of places, have the matches he wants to, and then going back to the WWE. For that legend deal you said. Yeah. Yeah. If he, I think. If he signs somewhere full time, it's going to be AEW. Mm-hmm. But it's just whether or not he him. wants to sign somewhere full time. Yeah, because AEW offers him opportunities to go elsewhere and at a lighter schedule. He's not going to get that lighter schedule with WWE, so I don't yeah. think he would be, go there as a full time wrestler. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's he's said on many a times now that you know he's got kids now and stuff. He doesn't want to wrestle as much. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, who knows if he's ever going to sign another contract? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Uh, I think he'll sign with AW. It's just if he if he does sign with another place, I th- like on a. It would be with AW because they do. They would uh, at the at the most he would only have to wrestle like once every three weeks or once every four weeks, even if he wanted to. Like how often is Christian wrestling? Like mm-hmm. when you when you take into account some of the tapings, or when he's just doing an interview, or 
Like, how long's he been with them? For a month and a half? Yeah, he's wrestled twice. Or he's been with them a month and a half, two months? Yeah. He's wrestled twice in two months. And maybe that sounds nice to run. I don't know. Yeah. But, Can uh, you imagine Samojo and Daniel Bryan show up? That'd be nuts. Insane. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> that would be earth-shattering. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other big news we got was that AEW has announced that Double or Nothing is going to be a full-capacity live crowd show. That is 5,500, and that is in Florida, and it's outdoors. So it's not the worst thing. So uh, right away, you can see I'm painting it with a negative brush. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the worst thing. I know lots of people say it's time. Maybe you guys think so. And, and I'm coming from somebody who's not in the States. And... Uh, Full disclosure, generally we look at how it's being handled in the States with a little bit of shock and awe. <laughs> We're like, what the fuck is going on over well, there? Whatever happens in Florida, that's how we look at it too, with shock and awe. We're like, what the hell are they doing down there? <laughs> like, the one thing that you guys do have, you guys have more vaccines because you guys created the vaccines. Yeah. So you're getting them quicker than us. Um Sounds like I might be I might be able to sign up for my first one next week. Nice, nice. Yeah, because I'm fully um, vexed, but I still go everywhere with a mask on. I'm not. I'm not playing that game. Well, yeah, like Florida has, I think Florida has 25 percent of people vaccinated. Yeah. So if that's so, that's still 75 percent of people without vaccinations, guys. Like <laughs> it's a. It, that's a risk that you don't have to take yeah. right now. And people, they'll probably say, you know, you got to wear your mask and stuff, but you could even see last night the crowd, a lot of people weren't wearing masks no. in the crowd. People wear their masks to get into the show and then they take it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're going to have the... food and beers and stuff, so you're not even going to be wearing it even if you wanted to. Here's the If they did 5,000 and they spaced out the other 500 seats, like had them... Mm -hmm. Like a had a little bit of distancing, I would be better with it because if you look at there are other sporting events that are like baseball. There's three teams playing in Florida, all playing outdoors. There's been football outdoors. There's it hasn't necessarily spiked, but it's just I don't know to go from social from social distancing with masks to we're full. Mm -hmm. Like I think do 5,000. That's still far more people than they've had so far. Yeah. They've only had like a max, like 2000 or like 2,500. Go How to many 5, people were there last night? Um, I don't know if they went to the capacity of what they were selling. Mm -hmm. They were selling, I think 2,500. And I think they, there was about a hundred tickets left. Well, I mean, I was just going to say, last night the crowd was hot. You could hear everything. Yeah, they were loud, man. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching a spider crawl across my floor, and I can't get to it because my computer's on <laughs> me, and I'm recording a podcast. But it just made a beeline right for my bed. Uh-oh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was like, oh, man. I already took a spider outside and threw it out. I don't know. I get it's the warmer seasons coming. They're all coming out, mm -hmm. I guess. Yep, yep. I get all sorts of critters in my house. Like that one week, I didn't say anything on the podcast, but right before we started recording, there was a snake in my room. 
So that was pretty, <laughs> in your podcast room. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've never had to deal with a snake. I, so. I'm terrified of snakes. It took every ounce of courage I have in my body to get that thing out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, well, last night's crowd sounded like a full crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, they were amazing. Even for the pre-recorded matches, which they had on the screen. Mm-hmm. So they weren't watching live matches. They were just reacting to them. They were loud for those matches. Yeah. Too. Like they, they went all in like that crowd. So when you get, you don't have to do the full crowd to get the full atmosphere. They don't have to do this. I think they should just, just pump the brakes a little bit, <laughs> but uh, maybe, I mean, there's is, still time. Maybe they'll change their. It is what mind. it is. But Florida's the um, Wild West right now, so they... they well, yeah, it's well. like so many people in Florida aren't getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you should be prepared that many of the people in your at your event aren't going to be vaccinated. So put your best foot forward. It doesn't look like they are. But the largely the states is moving forward regardless. Yep. With that's pretty the news in New York Even that the they're just getting rid of all... <laughs> mandates so yeah the here where i live in oklahoma city they've the 30th of april all mask mandates ended but a lot of businesses still make you wear a mask oh yeah and like my job we still have to wear a mask all day totally aw is gonna i mean they do have a mask mandate people just don't follow it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so it is what it is what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. um all right so before we get into uh, the AEW um, or the Dynamite review, we are going to start. We we decide that we I posed the question to Brad if we could select ten indie wrestlers to start a promotion with, who would they be? So we have a t- list of ten indie wrestlers. I think we might have done this in the past near the when we first started the podcast, but I want to do it again now. Yeah. Um, yeah, because a lot actually, of the people we had last time are. So they may not be signed with the company, but they appear pretty regular regularly yep. with the company. So it's a lot with uh, with multiple companies, mm-hmm. or they're at least on uh, TV tapings. Yeah, one guy I mentioned has a Ring of Honor championship now, so I consider him signed. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's Tony Deppen. I believe he picked up a championship the other day. So good yeah, for him. I saw that on Twitter. That was cool. Um, I'll let you go first with your with your ten. Okay. My top ten, really no particular order except for the top three. These are just kind of, I was just thinking, like, we were just talking about because I kept messaging you and texting you, like, what about them? You're like, no, because I wanted, like, Chris Dickinson and all the, and those types and Thunder Rosa and stuff. But, so my number ten would be Alley Cat. Uh, she's a wrestler. She wrestles on GCW a lot. Uh, she nice. teams up with someone else on my list that I'll have. Um but she's gotten into a lot of deathmatch wrestling a lot lately. And as everyone knows, I'm I'm the big deathmatch guy. So she's really risen her stock uh, in my eyes. And then uh, my next one is, speaking of deathmatches, Nick Gage, MDK, murder, death, kill, all fucking day. Uh, mm. He's just great. Gang he's, affiliated. Yeah, gang affiliated. He's, he's going to have his own uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode with, uh, coming up soon, which I cannot wait for. He... Uh, He's, I mean, you think of a deathmatch wrestler, it's it's this guy. I think he's been to jail for probably murder. I don't know. Yeah, I think armed robbery. <laughs> yeah, armed robbery. 
he's he's <laughs> he's the crazy mofo. But then like he makes these videos on Twitter, like talking about like trans rights matters, and if you if you don't think so, then you got a problem with him, MDK and stuff. He's awesome. So I always love watching him just destroy uh, destroy fools. Uh, next on my list is Effie, who teams up with Alley Cat mm-hmm. on my list as team. Uh, I don't even know how to say this word. Is it Bussy? Bussy? Team Bussy. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what that means? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we, we'll let you look it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, He's great. He, he'll do death matches every once in a while, too. He does a lot for the LGBTQ wrestlers. He has the big gay brunch. He's he's really cool. He did p- pictures earlier this year where he's a cowboy, and I didn't even recognize him. Like, he was like, I had a big mustache and, a, like, a Stetson hat on and stuff. And I was like, why is oh he putting some of these pictures? Like, oh, that's him. But, yeah, he's a cool character. He's really he fun. He looked amazing in that. Yeah. Uh, next on my list is uh, Allison Kay. Uh, she just nice. got left uh, NWA. Uh, she's been a favorite of mine from back in her Impact days. She's just a really solid worker. She does, like, blood sport and stuff now. She's just she's really solid, good character work, just like one of those indie veterans that always shows up on big weekends, and you just love to see her wrestle. Uh, next on my list is Warhorse. Uh, which many people have seen uh, when he wrestled Cody for the TNT title. Was it last summer? It was. Yeah. Which, that wasn't his best match. I, I think he might have been a little nervous. He's usually a lot more crisp and a lot quicker than he was in that match. But no fault to him. It's it's probably pretty nerve-wracking, your first national televised match against Cody for a title. Uh, but he's <laughs> he's awesome. He's like a heavy metal dude. And I love metal. So... In, uh, him and uh, Danhausen, who signed to Ring of Honor, they do a lot of fun stuff together online. He's just a, like I think he's the independent wrestling champion. I don't even know. Who, he was. Kind. I think he dropped it. Oh, okay, <laughs> he dropped it to someone on my list. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, but like I first saw, excuse me, I first saw him a few years ago before he really was Warhorse gimmick. He got his lip caught on a turnbuckle and oh, ripped. God his whole bottom of his mouth out and kept wrestling. And I was like, that dude's double tough. He ripped man. his cheek open. Yeah. That was his whole it, cheek. Yeah. It's so gross. But yeah, he's, he's really cool. He's like, uh, like an eighties wrestler. Like not, he's not like huge and buff, like eighties wrestlers, but he, like that's his type of character. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, next on mine is Trish. Uh, is it Adora? Yes. Yeah. She is awesome. Has the best name for a finisher ever. The Lariat mm-hmm. Tubman, which is such a cool name for a move. Uh, she shows up on GCW a lot. She is just amazing in the ring. I love watching her wrestle. Can't say enough good things about her. Uh, just so good. Uh, I'm surprised she's not signed. She's one of those wrestlers you see, like, how is she not signed anywhere? Uh, which I have a feeling that might be changing soon. Cause I've been seeing her showing up on a, a lot of the bigger indie shows a lot more. And, uh, that list you sent me of all the indie workers, I think she was number one on it. Yes, she was. Yeah, so she'll she'll definitely be getting more eyes on her. Uh, next is um, Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, I know I know my podcast partner Mike here loves him, so I'm not going to say oh, too much yes. about him because I'm going to let him talk. But he's just got a really cool style, like a martial artist style, very very crisp. He's awesome. Now that he's uh, allowed to wrestle back in the states, hopefully we'll start seeing a lot more of him. Uh, next, I have Lee Moriarty. Uh, Mm-hmm. This dude is amazing. He's like, I don't know, he wrestles in like old school wrestling ring gear and stuff. And he just, he's so good. I, I don't even know how to describe how good this guy is. It's uh, it's pretty nuts how good he is. And he's another one of those wrestlers who's like, how are you not signed anywhere? It's got to be because you just like working on the indies at this point, Lee. 
next is uh, Willow Nightingale, uh, who you just saw, who everyone just saw on um, Elevation. Uh, she's just got such a bubbly personality. She's got a great look. I love her, her purple afro. She's so good. I expect many more great things out of her in the years to come. Can't say enough good things about her. And number one, to no surprise, we talk about him all the time. AJ Gray has the, the best truth. lariat. Yeah, the truth has the best lariat. Uh, amazing Twitter follow, crack you up all the time. Uh, can't say enough. I keep saying that, but it's true. I'm not very good at. Uh, he just he's so good. He's so physical. He does death matches now too, which I love. And he's really good at it too. He he just kind of picked that up last year, and now he's really good at death matches. One of the best lariats in the business up there with uh, Shingo Takage in New Japan. It just, I mean, it sounds like somebody gets shot whenever he does his lariat. I don't know how he does it, but I, I freaking love him. And that's my list. All right. So my list, um, six of my guys are on Brad's list. <laughs> so I will, I'll talk about them. Uh, I'll talk about them briefly. Um, I figured that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> my, my top guy is Mike Speedball Bailey. Um, He's, he is incredible. He was, he was a top five indie wrestler. When was he banned from the States? Uh, Has it been five years? No, five years to see. I don't even know. I thought it was two. It's probably five years now that I think about it. That's the last time. It it was a, it was a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been banned from the States for years. I believe it was for a visa issue. Um, he was going over the States and working. He was a top five indie wrestler. He was wrestling all the biggest names. He was wrestling Walter. He was wrestling Kenny Omega. He was on PWG. Like he was the top of the top. He would already be on your TV at right now. Mm-hmm. Had that not happened. And he's coming back very, very soon. Yeah. Um, He's legally allowed to wrestle now. I think I'm pr- quite sure it was at some point in March. He yeah, was he's legally posted. He was legally allowed. Um, he he hasn't shown up yet. Um, he released a video saying that he's back. He is the fiance of Veda Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, he is one of those guys that he's. He's on that very short list of guys like with AW that is so stacked they can't be adding any more people. He's on that very very short list of people that you sign no matter what mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to. And he's a guy that I don't know that he would necessarily succeed elsewhere cuz he's a small guy. Yeah. And mic work has never he's never had to do mic work, so <laughs> he doesn't have experience there, but yeah, he's mar- he's a martial artist. He's a black belt. He's incredible. He's worked with everybody. He's worked all over the world, like Europe, Japan, Canada. He's from Canada, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's, he's the best. Um, and he's so nice, but he has been doing tw- tw- on the AW, um, among us streams. So, I don't know if that says something, <laughs> but he's close with the people in the company. Anyways, moving on, my next guy, Effie. Brad said a lot about him already. He He's as complete as you get, <laughs> and 
the one thing that he brings, which quite a few of my top people have, is an ability to connect with a crowd. He has the indie. He has indie wrestling in the palm of his hand. Yeah, he owns indie wrestling. He can he can sell out multiple shows in a weekend. He can make anybody. He he's an incredible worker. He's an incredible promo. He's he's got he's selling tons of merch as you don't want to say as a niche wrestler, but he has a niche like following, if that makes sense. Yeah, like he he's has a taken niche appeal, but he's not niche. No, like he's created a whole new subculture of like gay prom- gay indie wrestling like mm-hmm. full like promotions and shows that are running and being successful on his back mm-hmm. and it's amazing like that didn't exist three or four years ago it ex- it exists yeah. solely because of and i shouldn't say solely because of him but he is the tip of that spear yeah and um people have asked why isn't he signed and he said because i don't want to be Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to be signed because he's doing good right now. That's he's doing well, and he's giving people opportunities. Mm-hmm. He, he, so that's if he's awesome, saying that, but... then he doesn't need it, and that means probably every major company here in the states is probably trying to get him. Oh yeah, he would be an instant star. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Yeah, and you talked about Lee Moriarty. He's next on my list. He's fully formed. Mm-hmm. The one thing you'd have to work on him a bit would be his his character, but he is a fully formed baby face in terms of his work, in terms of his look. He's completely polished. Like, you don't really have to do anything as far as his ring work. You would just have to get used to working on the hard cam, but work with him on his mic and his character, and like he's solid. He's yeah. done. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. He can he can wrestle any style. He He's good. You're done. Trisha Dora the same absolutely awesome she has been similar to effie she's not running shows but she's headlining the shows Mm -hmm. um she's amazing she's held the i can't remember the name of it the pan-african diaspora yeah championship yeah i don't i can't i've probably butchered that name but it's amazing she's held it for over a year now at this point i believe She's fantastic. She's so charismatic. She's a surefire star as mm-hmm. well. Put her in your company. You've got a star right there. And then we saw her this past week. Willow Nightingale. You saw that smile. Yeah. yeah. Like She goes out there and just melts your heart mm-hmm. immediately. You're just like, how can you not cheer for this person? She's got so much personality. And there's not a lot of powerhouses like her in wrestling in the women's divisions and especially one that is that has such a bubbly personality and you saw right away as soon as she was announced like that monday night everyone was tweeting about willow Mm -hmm. nightingale she's got a following they put her front and center in the crowd at their at the events right now for a reason because you notice her she she commands presence and um yeah i can't I hope they sign her eventually. I think you stick her with someone like like Dustin and you just let him 
just smooth out some of the rougher edges that she hasn't like mic work mm-hmm. like uh how is she on the mic like just get the get those strikes a little crisper like i she's a prospect but she's a prospect you look at her you're like okay that's a that can be a star that's a star right there yeah you just have to just fine tune it like similar to when we looked at Tay Conti like that's how i look at her like she could be your next best thing mm mm-hmm. mhm then AJ Gray, I don't have to say any more than you did. Yeah. Um, other than his his Larry, it's like a like a howitzer going off. Mm-hmm. Like you just hear a crack and then a woman scream in the background yeah. every time he hits a Larry. It's like crack. Ah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. And then the th- the three people you didn't have on your list that are on mine are Yoya is somebody that I actually haven't seen that much of. But what I have seen is incredible. He was at Bloodsport on WrestleMania weekend. He's absolutely tiny. He's yeah. the tiniest little dude. Very similar to Speedball Bailey. He has he's got like that shoot fighter background. He's a martial artist. He's a little guy who just is gonna knock your friggin' teeth out. It's amazing. Um like he looks like a I don't want to say Ung back because that sounds a little racist, but you know, like a little guy who can just kick the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> it, he's amazing. I think it's, he look he's so cool and he's so young and I can't wait to see what he does. Max, the Impaler, they're amazing. They are a trans wrestler. Um, maybe with ring of honor. So I might've cheated. Um, they're not signed, but they are in their women's tournament. Um, those people aren't necessarily signed. There are, there are people that have shown up on their tournaments and then not signed. Wheeler Yuta, for example, is another big guy who's not with Ring of Honor, but he has been on Ring of Honor TV. But they have this Mad Max gimmick where they look like they're ripped right out of fury road mm-hmm. so much bigger than everybody else just ragdolling people just watch a promo of maxine paler on twitter and you're like oh my god this is a star it look they look like a like a like they would fit right in with the absolutely batshit crazy gimmicks from the 90s when you had like Vikings and pirates yeah. <laughs> and literal boats, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's like it's like the to they are to Mad Max what Abaddon is to zombies is what I'll say. Yeah, like That's complete it. and utter commitment to the bit. Yeah, and a very good worker because like. Th- 150 pounds on the on their opponent <laughs> okay and the next guy we actually have seen in aw as well jj garrett um i love him he he's the guy who goes out there looking like the mix between um ac slater and young scott steiner um he's got the the singlet with all the colors he's got the mullet he's rocking like old beat up Nike Jordans. He, you can tell he has an old school, like shooty type background. Like he, he's a shooter. Like he's going to grapple with you. He reminds me of 
Chad Gable. <laughs> I see a lot of potential in him, and he's been showing up on more and more GCW shows. And he was the guy on GCW over WrestleMania weekend that threw up because he was dehydrated because yeah. it was so damn hot. That was him in a match with Lee Moriarty. They called the match because he threw up mid-match. <laughs> like in the middle, they're wrestling, and then all of a sudden he's just, bleh. <laughs> they're like, oh, you lose. Yeah, that's you're done. Anyways, he's good. He's been on AEW, and he was good in his two AEW matches. Um, I see a lot of potential there. All right. Um, so we are half an hour in. I think this is about time we got down to business. Yes. Because we will have... Uh, actually, some of these matches we might get through fairly quick because they were almost afterthoughts yeah. to the main event. Because this was blood and guts. Um, I thought this was an absolutely thrilling episode of AW Dynamite, but it was not without its faults. There were faults with this episode that I, I will, I'm more than happy to talk about. Um, what were your thoughts overall of the episode? Uh, I liked this episode a lot. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Kept me engaged the whole time. Uh, yeah, I, it was just a, a super solid episode with um, a really good promo and a, a very excellent match of the year contender type match uh, at the end. So. I had a lot of fun. Can't I don't have really any complaints except for the very end, but we'll get into that when we get there. But it was, it was a lot of fun. What'd you think? Oh, I um, I thought the the last I thought after the after the first two matches, I I think it was the first two matches. There were a couple matches I wasn't a fan of, and then after that, I thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the main event was. One of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah. Um, that's how much I loved it. Uh, and I'm a huge OG War Games fan. Like NWA, WCW War Games. Mm-hmm. I have bought the network on multiple occasions just to watch those matches again. Without having to like suffer through daily motion shitty <laughs> videos. Yeah. Super like, impressed. I will. I'll just resub for a month, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and watch those matches, and then be like, "Why am I doing this?" And then unsub. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, War Games match? My favorite is. It's a, it's funny. It, it's probably it's a tie between the one that Ricky Steamboat's in because Ricky Steamboat is one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. That's a weird one because it has, if I'm not mistaken, is. Hogan in that one? <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't know. He he showed up. I remember he had one against. I like Hogan's team too. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. When Hogan was face before he had turned to uh, the NWO. Once the That's NWO one, one started, well. they they started getting kind of weird. Except for that time, uh, Kurt Henning turned on Ric Flair with that just brutal cage slam on his head. Yeah, my favorite ones are the one with the one with Ricky in it. That's against the. They said they have to be against the four horsemen. That's mm-hmm. a rule for me. It has to be against the four horsemen. And Sting has to be in it. Yeah. Um and but the the best one is the the one where it's Sting, but the first guy in is Brian Pillman Jr. Or not Brian Pillman Jr. Brian Pillman 
Pillman Sr. Mm -hmm. And that's the one where he gets knocked out at the end by Sid Vicious. Oh, man. With the the double powerbomb. Yeah. Oh, my God. The first powerbomb he hits him, like, it could have broken his neck. Because he didn't have the... The cage was wasn't tall enough, so he got him at just this the craziest angle and just dropped him straight, like like plunge him straight down on the back of his neck mm-hmm. into the mat, and then just picked him right back up again and hit him again. And then Giant Gonzalez actually wasn't called Giant Gonzalez there; he was called okay. I don't know. Anyways, it's him. He comes down, he rips the door off, and then carries out his poor unconscious buddy yeah. Brian Pillman to the back, and it's amazing. And it's funny because I don't know in my mind, I can't think of any other association that they, that those two guys had with each other. I always associate Brian Pillman as being a singles wrestler on his own alone or with Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in the four horsemen for a little bit. Yes, he was. But he was, he was fighting the four horsemen in this one. Yeah. My favorite war games is it's breaking your rule. No four horsemen in it. It's the dangerous Alliance, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's group back in the early nineties with Steve Austin, Rick rude, Arn Anderson. I uh, can't, I don't remember who else, but against the sting squadron, Ricky steamboats in that one. And that might be the one. You're oh no, of. that is the one. Okay. So I guess my rule isn't four horsemen. It's that Arn has to be in it. Yeah. Well, Arn's <laughs> in this one. Yeah. That That's like, I think it's Steve Austin's only war games match, but that one is, excellent like just the way they paced it out and stuff yeah that one's very good um that's the one where austin just cuts an absolute gusher in that one yeah it's it's amazing (laughs) okay yeah so yeah this is uh let's get let's get to the first match of this episode this was kenny and nakazawa versus kingston and mox what were you what were your thoughts of this match? Uh, I, it was fine. It wasn't like terrible or it wasn't very good. It was fine. It was what it needed to be to get their story along. I thought, I didn't think Kenny would wrestle as much as he did. We even talked about it last week that he's probably going to leave Nak- uh, Nakazawa dry uh, in the ring, but he wrestled a little bit because he got the sneak attack at the beginning. But it, I mean, it was it's what it was. It wasn't anything to write home about, but it wasn't terrible. It did its job. It was funny the when you get into it the the ring announcing by Don Callis that was hilarious, but it was good. It was, <laughs> the The intro, yeah, <laughs> the intro was excellent. It was the best part of the match. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So this match this match was funny. It's like Kenny did exactly what we predicted he was going to do, but he did it at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, <laughs> he sandwiched he sandwiched a match in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We had predicted Kenny was going to not show up to the ring. He was going to leave um, Nakazawa out there to get beaten up by Mox and Kingston. That's not quite what happened. It looks like that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. His music hits. Don Callis comes out. He's with MT Nakazawa in his media tech outfit, which I love that he wrestles in that. Yeah, looks like he's um, working at Best Buy. Don Callis picks up the mic and he starts he starts comparing Nakazawa to Okada and Anoki and Bava and Ibushi <laughs> and he's he says he announces that unfortunately 
Kenny Omega is going to be unable to take part in this match. He's not in the building. And you can see the look of absolute fear on Nakazawa's face. He's like, what? No. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not doing this. Yeah, and commentary is playing it up like, what? We saw Kenny earlier at catering and stuff. <laughs> then Mox and Kingston come out from the side, which is awesome. You hear the crowd roaring. The crowd's not actually there. This was pre-recorded. This was the reaction of the crowd watching it on screen. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah. I thought all these matches were pre-recorded. Earlier, earlier matches, the crowd was there. Yeah, the crowd um, was only they were there from Kenny on from Kenny's promo onwards. Mm -hmm. So they they come down to the ring and they're stand they're looking in the ring like okay, so we just have Nakazawa. I guess we're gonna kill him. And then Kenny comes running from the back. He clocks them in the back of the head with the with the with the belt he drags him inside and really this, the match itself just it was pretty forgettable mm-hmm. it in a sense not that it was bad i just don't remember anything that happened yeah, it, it wasn't it. anything spectacular it was it did what it needed to do to continue yeah, their story there were a couple of nice moments a couple of funny moments there was one moment where kenny awoke something deep inside kingston when he <laughs> chopped him in the chest one time and Kingston just starts walking towards Kenny with this look in his face, and they have a little chop off. And I was like, oh my god, when we eventually get this match, which we could be getting soon, we don't know. Um, it, was, it was just, that was a really great moment. Mm-hmm. And the, there was a point where uh, Nakazawa powered up at one point. He does a whole like big fire up spot. He's like, I found my fighting spirit, and he <laughs> he hits a um the fuck's his name Moxley. It he hits Moxley <laughs> with a lariat, and Moxley just completely no sells yeah, it. So but Nakazawa keeps going. He's still <laughs> fired up. He rips off his shirt. He goes to do it again, and Moxley just folds him in half. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and at this point, Kenny just abandons Nagazawa. This mm-hmm. is what we thought was going to happen at the beginning of the match. Um, he leaves them and they're like, all right. So they just half and half combo with the lariat, his yeah, head a cool, into oblivion. Cool tag He's, finish. If that's going to be their tag finish. It was a cool tag finish. Um, it's, yeah, it's a slight variation of the half and half move that the, uh, best friends do. Um, mm-hmm. then there was a post-match and this is where the super elite comes down. They lay out Kenny and Mox. Mac Jackson is wearing matching pant and short combo. That... You know, they've been getting a lot of flack, but I would totally wear that. Whatever he was wearing last night, I actually liked it. I was like, it's kind of cool. I have it here too. It's like, <laughs> I actually like the look. Yeah. Um, and Tony said, except for the wearing necklace. somebody's curtains. Yeah. Except for his necklace. That was Oh, oh puka shells wearing a puka grade. shell necklace. Not anymore. Not not now that I'm a man. I would not wear a puka shell necklace. No, no, that's grade seven. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like seventh grade shit right there. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You do not do that. But this was kind of funny. They're beating up John Moxley. Matt Jackson hits him in the head with a shoe. Mm-hmm. So he takes off his white loafers, beats him in the head with his shoe, and then super kicks him with his bare feet. And then they pick up Kingston. Uh, give Kingston the one winged angel after I think I think they both got hit with magic killers as well. Yep. The match again, most I can give it is like 
three point one. No, <laughs> like it's like a three. It's like, like a, a three match. Yeah. Yeah. Right like, down whatever. The nothing offensive. Nothing great. It's just right the, down the middle. The one thing that's a bummer is that they normally start the show off with a firework match, mm-hmm. and I really thought they didn't. Yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't think they'd start with this. I thought they'd start with the next match or the four-way tag match. That's what I for sure thought they were going to start with. Four-way tag match would make more sense. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the opening match, you don't even have to think about. It's just Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And the four-way tag match is another match I didn't care a lick about. It's fine. I already knew the outcome. Going into it, I was like, I know what's That's gonna the problem. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get to it when we get to it. Mm-hmm. But the one good thing about this is that coming out of this beatdown, you can sort of see the match coming for double or nothing. It looks like it's going to be the Bucks versus Mox and Kingston. Yeah. I believe that's what they're building to here. That's what I thought, too, because I thought for sure they were going to do Kingston versus Kenny uh, from last week when he beat up uh, Nakazawa and stuff. But then when we get to it later, and then this beat down with them, I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing now. Yeah, they're pretty consistent with having the person who challenges for the title either wins that opportunity mm-hmm. in, a, in a specific uh, match or tournament, or it's through the rankings. Yeah. They've been pretty good about that lately. So I didn't... And they've linked Ken... or. Kingston and Moxley together in a way where you can't really separate them now. So it looks like they're building them up as a tag team, at least mm-hmm. for one big match. Yeah. And that'll be, that'd be a really good match. Those two versus the Bucks. The oh, full, absolutely. Full capacity crowd. That'd be, they'll be bonkers. Be yeah. It'd be cool to see Kingston wrestle in AEW with a full crowd. That'll be very cool. Amazing. How he'll interact with the crowd is going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no one, even when he's a heel, I still think he's like a babyface, the way he can pull a crowd in. Like no one does it better than him. Absolutely. Okay, next we have Cody versus QT. This match was awesome. Yeah, this is really good. I love this match. Mm-hmm. They they uh, they outdid themselves here. What were what were your thoughts on it quickly before? Uh, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I don't know if I agree with the finish because it it seemed like a little early in the feud. But then the post match stuff, I was like, oh okay, I know what's going on now. But I like this match a lot. It was a lot of good. Uh, QT's uh, grown on me quite a bit since this whole angle and stuff. And I just want to keep seeing more of the the bowling shirt mob boss QT. So. It's all good for me. Absolutely, man. I I'm really really enjoying their their work right now with the with the story with the factory. I'm a hundred percent in on the factory. Me too. And that was not well. That was always the case with me, I guess, but not with everybody else. But yeah, I think I, other people are as well. I wasn't like negative on it, but I was just like, okay, this will be fine. It's like a little low level stable feud. That's cool. But now I'm like, it's like one of my highlights every week. I'm like, all right, this has been really good. Yeah. I love the characters they have involved. Mm -hmm. Um, This match, I thought this match was the best outside the main event. It was a nice hard fought TV grudge match, Mm -hmm. which I liked. It was very much a grudge match. Um, QT was able to get a belt lash on Cody early in the match. That was cool because Cody QT tried to do it. In general, 
because Cody tried to do it in the ref stop. Oh, so QT grabbed his and just whacked him with it. Literally everything QT did in this match was because of Cody. Mm-hmm. Like every single move he did was, well, if you can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Like the whole match. And mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I thought QT in general looked really great out there. And like I said, I thought he really embodied the spirit of the match because he was just attempting to one up Cody every step of the way. If Cody chopped him, QT was going to chop him. If Cody mm-hmm. suplexed him, QT was going to go for a suplex. Yeah. If Cody tried to do something, QT was going to try and do that. The, the exact same thing. You have a belt? No, I have a belt. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was so petty. It's so petty. And that's what this feud is about. It's yeah. about absolute jealousy and pettiness. Yeah. Um, I wish commentary was trying to sell uh, Cody's jacket again during this match. <laughs> like when QT was on the upper hand in the match or something, commentary's like, oh, and by the way, go to shop and trying to sell his jacket again. That jacket's so ugly. I hate those jackets. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it so is. bad. It's so bad. It's, ways almost, of... it's almost turned around to where like, I kind of want one just because it's so ugly. To where it's a I feel of like barbecue. there's ways of doing it better. Like oh, if they could... Sure. If they could, like, I get, I get the bomber idea. The bomber jacket's cool, and I get the cheesiness is kind of cool. There's something there. It's like if they mixed it a little bit with the style of like the jacket and drive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be where cool. it's not so busy, but they have maybe like a, just an outline of his logo on the back, yeah. or if it just said Nightmare Factory on a black jacket. Yeah, and maybe the arms are blue. Or something. I don't yeah, know. And like the writing it's of like, Nightmare Factories, like uh, American flag or something like that. Yeah, it's like there's it doesn't need to look like you just took an American flag and used the fabric of the American flag to make a jacket. Yeah, right now it Please. looks like the uh, like the old skin that no one ever picks in a video game. <laughs> like, oh, why'd you pick Cody with that skin on or something? <laughs> it's like, oh, Cody dressed as Uncle Sam. No. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Yeah, so QT at one point did something that I wish more wrestlers would do. And that's when he went to do a superplex off the top rope. Cody was up there. He just jumped right up there right away. Superplex. Bam. They didn't spend five minutes, like, slowly helping each other up, like, getting all their footing set so that it completely takes you out of the moment. So you're just like, okay, these guys are, all right, you're going to do a superplex. You're going to take 15 minutes to set it up. Mm-hmm. No, he hopped up there, just like jumped up one motion, bam. And I was like, yes, this is, that is so cool. You could tell that he's super well-trained because almost nobody does that. Yeah. Even the best guys like spend like ages like, like putting everything in the right place, and then QT got into it on the outside with Arn. They they funny. start shoving each other. Arn gives him a stiff right hand, and then starts shoving his head into the into the post. And Arn gets banned from ring. I thought that was uh, going to be a DQ, and I remember you saying that there hadn't been a DQ finish. I was like, is this the first DQ? Because like all the refs came out. I was like, oh, but no, they just they just don't do back. it. Yeah, they don't do DQs in AEW. <laughs> they have the they have the power to make a DQ, but they're very much like New Japan. They don't yeah. do it. 
Like a red that, shoes match. Red shoes never uh, DQs anyone in New Japan, especially nobody, the title match. Nobody ever yeah. does. They they're just they just say no, stop. And mm-hmm. I like that because nobody wants to see the match DQ'd, and they know that, so they just keep it going. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's within their power if they want to. Um, yeah, yeah. Just uh, my experience with New Japan has made me get used to that. Yeah, there was another. There's another cool moment of outside interference that I didn't catch the first time. I caught it when I was watching back on the, on the fight, not fightful on the, uh, fight what's TV? that app? Fight TV app. Um, Red Velvet grabbed. Um, I see. I didn't even see her, so I this is new to me. Yeah, she was in the <laughs> crowd, and she grabbed the arms of QT Marshall and allowed Cody to give him a chop. <laughs> I didn't even see that on the chest. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was during commercial, so like it was it was hard to see. It was just when they were battling mm-hmm. on the outside against the against the fence. So I really liked that, and the uh, the commentary caught it. They're just like just like oh, remember Red Velvet was the one that saved uh, that saved Cody from QT when he first betrayed him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then back to the back and forth countering that these guys had. They went. Back and forth inside the ring, QT countered the Cody cutter with a crossroads. That's Cody so countered nice. the diamond cutter with a backslide. QT countered the backslide with a buckle bomb. Mm-hmm. Like they were just going, and of course QT would do the fucking, <laughs> the fucking crossroads. Yeah. If you can do it, I can do it. Like, little yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, yeah, so, and then of course we're talking about reversals. They did the most indulgent back and forth tombstone reversals. Tombstone, yeah. <laughs> they reversed each other's tombstone two times each mm-hmm. before eventually Cody plants him with it. Um, then he hits him with a crossroads, gets a near fall, puts him in the figure four for the win. After the match, Cody's celebrating as we and as we expect. Down comes a go-go. I don't know why Cody isn't expecting him at yeah. this point. And a go-go cracks him in the gut as soon as he turns around with the, they call it the bolo shot. Um, and yeah, this was, I thought this was one of... Yeah, puts the Union oh, yeah, Jack that, on him. Yeah, he, he puts the Cody. flag over, over Captain America, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought this was Cody's best match in months. I For thought sure. this was QT's best match by a mile. Although I thought he was really, really good in the bunkhouse brawl match. Yeah. I I believe what we're gonna get is Cody versus Agogo. Yeah. And I think I can see that. We might potentially get that at double or nothing, which would be really cool. Yeah, that'd be really imagine, good for uh, a go go. That'd be huge for Imagine him. imagine Gogo's first match. Being at double or nothing against Cody, that mm. would be amazing. Well, not his first match, but his first significant match. Yeah, his first real match because Cody's not going to go down in two moves. But that'd be cool too if Cody went down in like two moves. Like, yeah, Cody it would really be. Put him it would over. be nuts. I think Cody probably at the beginning targets his hand mm-hmm. so that he can't hit him with that shot right away. Yeah. Um, however, I did hear somebody. I can't remember. Who said this? It was on a, it was on a podcast either on Fightful or What Culture, where they mentioned the like potentially a bunkhouse brawl match with the two sides. I was like, oh, that'd be fun. 
Oh, I like that because they also have that Camarado and Dustin, Dustin feud going each on. other with the the bell from the bull rope. Yeah, yeah. where they have the the um, what's it called the bull rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be fun. So like okay, you could you could you do should... like a four on four or a three on three. Really cool match here. Yeah, just a wild brawl. And I think yeah, get get all the weapons in because because uh, they mentioned that they've been using some interesting weapons on purpose mm-hmm. like that one wooden chair was Bring interesting and kind of <laughs> lends itself to the um the bunkhouse to the bunkhouse brawl match yeah and how cutie's already been in one mm-hmm. and so is dustin so it would be i think it'd be cool yeah and then you could that and then you could still you could draw out the feud longer that way too you can have QT's team win this one, that bunkhouse match, and then they can keep going. Yeah, you can sort of see how it's it's a very even matchup. When, I mean, I guess the gun club kind of throws a wrench in there. But when you, you see, like, okay, Cody matches up with QT, Dustin matches up with Camarado, um, Lee, or, um, Lee Johnson matches Lee Johnson. up with Solo. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it works. It works mm-hmm. well. Oof, this next segment was cool as hell. Oh, man, this is nuts. Like, I, I will get to it, but I really don't know how Darby Allen's alive right now. <laughs> Darby Allen should have died 18,000 times. Yeah, yeah. He is an absolute madman. Um, yeah, so this was a segment with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. They are up in, there's no rafters. At a, in Daly's place, they're up above the seats mm-hmm. in the that top section like the of the or something. of the amphitheater, and th- that's where they've been when they've been watching matches. Mm-hmm. So we've seen them up there before. So I liked that they changed this. They changed the setting there, and Marvez is interviewing them, and <laughs> Scorpio's guy starts with a line that's so corny and should not work. But for some reason, it popped me. I loved it. Yeah. And he just straight up quotes um, Batman and Robin movie. He says, riddle me this, riddle me that. (laughs) Who's afraid of the big bad bat? (laughs) Like, and I was like, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's (laughs) a good thing Scorpio Sky is so charismatic because if anyone else would have done it, like, what? (laughs) The rest of his promo, not so much. I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he then says that Sting is a mosquito who's sucking the the blood out of AEW. And what do you do with mosquitoes? You kill them. He says that Sting's overstayed his welcome. And he's the franchise now. And he's going to make him his bitch. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fairly standard. But then Paige gets on the mic. And, oh, this is where it ramped up. Because... Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of Paige and Darby's past feud. I've there is a really good YouTube video documentary on it that's free. I highly recommend yeah. everybody watch it because it really it goes in depth on it. I think it's about half an hour long. It goes through all three of their matches. This is when they were with Evolve. Paige he reminds Darby and the rest of the world that they actually have a long storied history dating back to their incredible feud in Evolve Wrestling. And but he says that nobody wants to hear him talk about a bunch of matches that nobody ever saw 
So he just starts listing the injuries that he's given to Darby over the <laughs> years. He says, that half face paint you have, that's to cover the, the permanent dent that I put in the side of your head. That metal in your elbow, that's from when I broke your arm with a shovel. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Because he did almost kill Darby. Like his muscle and like veins and shit were hanging out of his arm Yucky. when he did that spot. It was brutal. And then Darby comes screaming out of the side, just slams Paige into the into the cement. The three of them are brawling up above the seats. <laughs> Darby almost threw Scorpio Sky out of like out of the Daly's place. <laughs> if he didn't hit the barricade, he would be dead. Mm-hmm. Like there's a barricade, and then the the like the cliff. Like the side of Daly's plate, like sheer drop. Um, So that was, it didn't look like a crazy spot, but it was a crazy spot. Then Darby hits a coffin drop off the lighting rig. And Darby's holding his own until Sky just comes running at him with a trash can. And just wallops him with the trash can. Love a good trash can. And then there's an absolutely insane spot where Paige and Sky just send Darby tumbling down the back steps of Daly's place. Just and he, yeet him oh, down the man. steps. He goes rolling down these. And, yeah. and then he comes up holding that arm that mm-hmm. Ethan Page hit with the shovel that he just mentioned. It's like, this is fucking great. Yeah. This is so good. And they're cackling above him. And during picture in picture, they just had the medical staff attending Darby. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, this is awesome. Kinda, he looked like he was drunk, but you could tell he was all messed up from falling down the stairs and commentary did a good um thing too saying that sting wasn't there because of the heel hook that scorpio had put him in last week so mm-hmm. that's why sting wasn't there to help him out yeah that's good like i i i think this is great i think mm-hmm. this is so fun um this really heated up a feud that for me wasn't really going anywhere yeah. Like it needed to do something else other than them running out and interfere and interfering in Darby's matches or running out and threatening Sting a little. Yeah, although this is totally I guess they did leading to Darby and probably Archer versus those two guys. Would be my guess. So I just had to cough there. I had to mute my mic. Oh, yep. Okay, so next we had a Britt Baker squash match. And this was Britt Baker versus Julia Hart, not related to the Hart family. If, as far as I know, I believe they have mentioned that a couple times. She was on Dark this week and then showed up here, took three moves and lost. Um, I mean, I didn't even actually see this match because I went to get up to like fill up my cup. Of water and like it was just over when I came back. <laughs> oh yeah, she hit her a sling blade, air raid, crash, lockjaw. That's <laughs> it. And it was just and hitting the lockjaw, looking right down the camera, smiling. She always knows where that camera is. Mm-hmm. Just really nice squash match, and it just serves as a way to highlight that they have announced earlier in the night that Britt Baker will officially be facing Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Title at Double or Nothing. And I saw somebody um, reported that this got the biggest pop from the crowd of the night was the announcement of that match. So the fans are ready. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I know Britt's going to be the heel during that match, but I think the place is going to go nuts if she. Oh yeah, if, the, she's she, she's loved now. Mm-hmm. She's royalty. Yeah, and also apparently the best talent scout the AW has. <laughs> she brings all the she brings in all the top talent, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. So she's clearly a fan and a connoisseur of the of the industry in the Indies. Well, I imagine everything. her and. Um, Adam Cole just could probably watch a lot of wrestling together. <laughs> just, uh, oh, this guy would be good. And then they compete to see who they can get into their respective companies. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, uh, it's good stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big yeah, fan this... of her acquisitions so far. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait for this match at Double or Nothing. It's going to be a hell of oh, yeah. time. And hopefully by the time she gets the title, Thunder Rosa comes back and they can continue their feud because they're awesome together. Yeah, and she may have a ready-made feud coming down the line as well mm-hmm. with uh, with Green possibly coming over. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Green. I was, yeah. I was buying time searching for her first name in yeah. my mind <laughs> while I said Green. Yeah, um, and they're, they're best friends in real life, so best friends. Yeah, that, that's rest- the thing. When uh, they wrestle they, each other, it's always magic. Mm-hmm. I think she should she should, pro- she should probably go where the women's division is booming is starting to just like starting to grow and mm-hmm. exponentially at this point with her friend b- is going to be the champion at the time yeah it's going to be amazing okay so here next we have just a perfect segment oh this is a- so good this so, this is technique with Taz. They brought back technique by Taz, which before he would uh, he would analyze the technique of his. I think he did it to Moxley as well, but he would analyze the techniques of his own wrestlers and tell you essentially John Maddening, mm-hmm. like doing play by play of the technique of his guys, why the moves work, why they're powerful, why you can't do certain moves against them. But he turned it on his head here, and he did it against against Christian Cage in this case. So he start he's just taking the piss out of Christian Cage, um, and he it's funny because he gets more and more dismissive of Christian as he goes. And I'm going to paraphrase what he said here, but he starts by saying that Christian. He's like, you can see here that Christian gets some decent height on a frog splash here against Kazarian. But as you can see, as he comes off the turnbuckle, there's a lack of explosion mm-hmm. from his old man quads, and it prevents a bigger impact. And then it says also in this Kazarian match, he failed with two out of three kill switch attempts because of, let's be frank here, some shitty footwork. <laughs> um, and then he quickly eventually he was able to hit the move. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then he says, "But when he got to face Team Taz's own Big Willie Hobbs, Christian got flung all around the ring like he was a bug. Essentially, he's like screw him." And then he says, "Brian Cage, he's much. He's the much more impressive Cage. Did Did you see how he smashed Hangman? Amazing. <laughs> that like this is the segment that I need now. Now that." Britt Baker versus the rankings. Yeah. Is is gonna be gone. 
Yeah, just Taz. I trashing. need this every week. Yeah, they just need to have Taz trash is... whoever they're feuding with. Uh, all their moves. That'd be hilarious. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Do do yourself a favor and watch it. It's it's like it's just like bitter old John Madden. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Okay, now here we have the four way tag match versus Varsity Blondes versus SCU versus Jurassic Express and the Acclaimed. What did you think of this match? Uh, this match was, I mean, it was like a big cluster four way tag match like you'd expect. It had some spots I liked in it. I loved uh, Caster's opening rap. Like, I, <laughs> I see online people say they hate it. I think they're hilarious. I don't know if it's just, I'm not that big of a hip hop head. Like, I like hip hop, but I don't know much about it. So he could be the worst rapper ever, and I just don't know. But he makes me laugh, so I don't know. That's good. Uh, and then I liked, um, at one point, Luchasaurus goes on like a choke slam spree. I like that spot in his little run that he did there, but it's pretty cool. I, I like we talked about earlier, I, I figured what was going to happen was going to happen. So there wasn't much drama in the match, but it, it was fine for what it was. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, I also like their raps, like their diss raps at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Again, I am a rap fan. I do listen to a lot of hip hop. He's not a great rapper. That's mm-hmm. not why it's good. Yeah. It's good. Cause it makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny, and it makes him look like an idiot sometimes. And sometimes he gets some good lines in. The line about against uh, the Varsity Blondes about how in ten years you're going to be on dark side of the dark side of the ring. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's um, incredible and horrible. And yeah. holy shit! I hope he told Pillman Junior that he's going to do that. <laughs> sometimes I wonder if he's going to tell them this shit ahead of time. Because or maybe he's just oh. like. Or if there's just like an unspoken thing, like you can say what you want, I don't really care. And then, <laughs> well, that's the thing about diss rap or diss tracks and battle rap is the the unwritten rule is that there are no rules, like nothing's <laughs> off limits. Sometimes guys do take it too far, but like there, there's a there's an article online by the Root where the headline is there are certain things that are uh, they're off limits within battle rap and you click on the article, you open it up and it says one to 10, just a repeatedly, it just says nothing. <laughs> and this was, that was after, um, push a T went after Drake about mm-hmm. his kid yeah. in his rap. And the root was just like, no, you can do that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah. And Drake's vicious too. Yeah. And yeah. So I always find mm-hmm. it funny. Um, there's yeah, certain things. That and then he maybe... said when he called the young bucks, the young cucks, that made me laugh too. Oh yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's good. Like we all know Twitter wants to call them cucks anyway. So just mm-hmm. let him say it. Yeah. What? It's not funny when he says it, but it's funny when you say it. Yeah. Come on now. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought this, ma- however, that was my favorite part of this match. Yeah. Um, this match for me, super forgettable because they removed all the stakes of the match by telegraphing who was going to win mm-hmm. with SCU doing that promo the previous week. It was clear as day that they're going to win this match. Um, there's no way they were going to put any of these guys ahead of them. Like none of these guys are going to be the guys that uh, eliminate SCU with the exception of maybe Jurassic Express. Um, I thought, yeah, but with there no was build, no, they wouldn't do that. 
there was no tension as a result. They were just guys doing moves sort of for the sake of doing moves. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of felt like an ex- exhibition match to yeah. me. Um, and there's nothing really bad about the match. The work was good. I just literally remember nothing. I don't yeah. remember anything about it. Um, there was one line that stuck out to me, and that was that the JR and Excalibur, they started talking about how Jungle Boy is a SoCal kid, and he came, he he would have watched SCU growing up. They would be very well known to him as somebody that was in the SoCal wrestling schools. There could have been a story there mm-hmm. leading into this about how he is would be so upset if he were the one to split up SCU about yeah. how he he would be conflicted with this. There's ready-made story, even within this match, that they didn't touch on. Excalibur shouldn't be having to tell me this. Mm-hmm. You guys should have been cutting promos about this or doing a road two for this. Um, SCU should not have been on Dark for two months or however long it's been since they made the initial ultimatum. Like, this is a really cool ready-made story that they just kind of abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. They in favor of doing the stuff with Mox and... And, um... Kingston. What's his name? Kingston. And that could be because they screwed up the deathmatch mm-hmm. ending. Like, Moxley could have... It could have been that he was supposed to be written off and that the Bucks were doing something else. Maybe it was supposed to be SCU for a few weeks and this is how they had to pivot but i don't know it just i feel like scu deserves to have this storyline play out over a month's time yeah and it has not and it's going to be ending next week Mm -hmm. they're facing the bucks next week and you know that match is going to be great and you know they're going to do a road two for it and the road two is going to be awesome and you know that I'm going to be all fired up for it going into next week's match. Yeah. Next week's match. They'll get you. But I'm not yet. Yeah. I'm not yet. Yeah, the match was just, it was very vanilla. Three stars. Yeah, it wasn't anything too crazy because like you were saying, we, we knew what the outcome was going to be. Yeah, it was, it was boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't... I My mind was drifting when I was watching the match because... There was no stakes. It was like, it was, I don't know. It was like I was watching Dark. I was like, I don't know. What, I don't have to, I don't have to pay attention. I can yeah. <laughs> go on Twitter while this match is on. Oof. Okay, so here we go. Now we get essentially a train of incredible promos. Oh, man. Yeah. Like back to back to back. Um, this first one is John Moxley, a promo on Yuji Nagata, which we are getting next week. Sweet Jesus. You think that'll main event? It's got a main event. Ooh, I don't know. There's a lot that could main event next That's week. That's true. There's a lot that mm-hmm. could main an event next week. Next week's card looks incredible. We'll yeah, get to that it's later. It's pretty crazy. Um, so this starts out, we see a brief video package of all of Moxley's finishes from all his IWGP title defenses. So we see it against... Archer, Juice, Suzuki, Robinson, Suzuki, which I got um, to see Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite, so 
you know, I've popped hard for that. Yeah. As hell, <laughs> Kent, uh, and there's another one in there I can't remember. I think probably Juice Robinson he is in Juice there. Juice twice, because that's who he originally won it from, and then yes. that hurricane happened, so they had to take the title. Then he went to Archer, he won it back from Archer, and then he faced Juice again. And then Suzuki, yeah, so... and then he was going to face Zack Sabre Jr., but the pandemic happened. Oh, that's so... too bad. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, so they're going through all these matches, and it's cool, because they have the New Japan commentary on it, so mm-hmm. they're yelling... Death Rider! Yeah. Death Rider! I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like, if they could get Kevin Kelly to come in and do this match next week, oh my god. That'd be cool. He's here in the States. so Get him. Uh, AW, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast, yeah. bring in Kevin Kelly for next week. Yeah, just for the... You don't gotta have him on all night, just the no, just that match. match. Yeah. Just that match. Um, it would be really cool. And it's not out of left field for them to do something like that. Yeah, because before the Don Callis became an actual character, he commented on some of Kenny's matches. When... Exactly. And also, um, on Impact, they brought in Morrow for that one match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then we ha- then they show a clip of Yuji Nagata with a brief acceptance of the challenge from, from John Moxley. They show John Moxley's challenge again. He's like, Nagata-san, we're going to do this finally. And then Eugene Nagata accepts it, and then it cuts to Moxley, and all of a sudden he's pissed off. Yeah. And I'll paraphrase again. He says, he says, he's heard that Nagata's been running his mouth overseas saying that John Moxley's a little punk. It's like, a little punk? Really? It's like, Nagata, I respected you, but I will not, I will not abide anybody insulting me behind my back. The championship's on is on the line. You putting your foot in your mouth is the worst thing you could have done. Moxley, he then asks the age-old question, when is Yuji Nagata finally not going to get back up again? Mm-hmm. And then he says, the time that we find out when that is, it's coming soon. The time you don't get up, it, it, it's coming. He says, once that bell rings, all respect is out the window. This was, this is so good. Yeah, This is so Moxley good. at his best. Yeah. Yeah. Moxley with his with a belt is the fucking best man. Yeah, and I love seeing the U.S. title because now it's like the best looking belt in New Japan by default. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one thousand percent. Yeah. Um, I still think at some point Kenny could take that belt from Moxley, and it would be cool. I although I don't really want to see a singles match between Kenny and Kingston again for a long time. Yeah, they've already had two. They don't need to do another. Kenny kind of has to get away. Marks, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, did you see? Because in New Japan, uh, Jay White won the Never title. And he says, you, and he cut a promo saying, like, you know what? I'm going to start belt collecting. And uh, you know Oof. who I'm talking to. So if you want to come over here, you can come over here. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're working together, man. Mm-hmm. They're working together. Yeah. We're seeing Yuji Nagata back on TNT. Yeah, for the first time, like. 20-something year. That's nuts. I hope he has his um, blue shirt that he puts up over his face, and it's a cartoon version of him on the underside of the shirt. Yeah, I love that. It's so good. Uh, Hope we see the arm bar and the eyes rolling in the back of his head, the chops, and the... I'm sure we'll see all of it. I I just want to see those two trading. Mm -hmm. Just trading. You know they are. You know they are. And if you think, oh, Yuji Nagata's old, like, nope, just wait till you watch him wrestle. He doesn't Mm -hmm. wrestle like he's 53. You cannot compare Yuji Nagata to Goldberg. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Yuji Nagata would kick the shit out of Goldberg. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. No disrespect. Well, a little disrespect. Yeah. But not of any ill intent. Yuji Nagata is just still a badass. Yeah. You clearly haven't watched a Yuji Nagata match in the mm-hmm. past two years. Yep. Okay, so next we have Kenny Omega just doing things. Yeah, this because he wants to. Amazing. On the mic. He comes out. He has a brilliant promo. And he cuts it. They had just such a cool angle for this. They shot this toward the crowd at like a really cool, like, kitty corner angle. The way the the, double rings were, they had to shoot it like, yeah, like you said, a catty corner. And it it just looked really cool. It had, had the purple lighting. Like the room you're in right now, (laughs) Brad, your, your weird plant room. Yeah. My wife grows a lots of plants. So we got all these UV lights in here and there's a lamp with regular lights, but only one light bulb works in it. So I'm pretty much just in a purple room. Yeah. It looks really cool. Kenny comes (laughs) out. He's looking resplendent in a white blazer and white shirt. He's wearing the AW. um, Now that the Bucks dress like total buffoons, he... He's kind of toned it down a little bit. Like, he hasn't worn those ridiculous boots in a while and stuff. He could still do that again. But yeah. <laughs> he hasn't in a while. Yeah, he's got the AW Championship with him. Nakazawa is back from his beating. <laughs> um, he's he's trailing Kenny, and he's got the other three belts. So there is the Impact Championship. There is the AAA Championship. It was funny. I saw and the TNA title. Yes, and the TNA title. I saw Bully Ray tweeted last night. He's just like, if you're TNA, you must be pissed that that belt is around knocking nobody and not around Kenny. And I was like, give it a rest, Bully. (laughs) It's like the whole story. Like, I know in Impact right now, all the top guys are pissed that Kenny has the title. And like, what better way to piss him off more is him not wearing the title. And it's a story they obviously agreed to. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Don't agree to the story then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what you want. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe don't give him your belt, but that that was the decision you made. Yeah. And uh, you got to go with it from here. It You got some money out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, pump, he pumps up the crowd by saying, by asking, are you ready for blood and guts? And then when they cheer, he said, well, that makes one of us. Yeah, that made me laugh. That makes one of us. <laughs> and Tony Schiavone announces that for next week, we're going to be getting the number one and two ranked men's wrestlers in the company facing each other to determine who will face Kenny at double or nothing. And those two men are none other than Orange Cassidy and Pac, which they're running that shit back so excited mm-hmm. there's going to be fans next week because they're running live shows pretty much for the rest of may so that's cool as hell um i'm pretty sure next week is live i think they're all live they said i think for a while. towards the njr said we'll see you next week live so yeah i'm pretty sure there's one show in may that's not live and i think i think there's a friday show before double or nothing so mm-hmm. i think that's it because okay. of uh, basketball playoffs, I think. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's already coming up, huh? I saw that. I didn't realize. I keep forgetting mm-hmm. it's May. Yes. So 
And then Kenny, he starts talking about how he's so excited to face Pac again. Saying Pac is the second best wrestler in AEW. He said he had he holds a win over Kenny Omega, the god of pro wrestling. He made him submit. He knows that the fans will be thrilled to see the two faces of AEW clash once again at Double or Nothing. And then Tony just like leans as a Orange Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kenny scoffs and he can't even get out the words. He's like, oh, you mean, <coughs> you mean Orange Cassidy? He's like, no, Orange Cassidy's a joke. Come on. He's a joke wrestler. Um, and then this brings Orange Cassidy to the stage and Kenny starts ripping into him with essentially with every bad faith take that every critic of Kenny's has ever given him mm-hmm. in the past. Um, just like leading all the way to Kenny's superstardom. Um, he says that Orange Cassidy is a feel good wrestler who the fans love and who the fans wish could be champion, but he's not championship material. He says that they chant his name, they wear his shirts, they wear his aviator sunglasses, and then he points it out that actually I did that first, Orange Cassidy. That that was my gimmick. Mm-hmm. He says, again, like, you're just not championship material. You're not me. And this is exactly what everyone was saying about Kenny before, which I I love that. Um, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. However, I do think it's, it's kind of doing the SCU thing again. Yeah. Where they're kind of predicting that it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus Kenny. The... The good, the the other thing is that no matter which result we get, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, because at the start I was like, man, no disrespect to Orange Cassidy, but I want to see Kenny versus Pac again because the the last match they had together was so so good, and this time it'd be on pay per view. But Orange Cassidy versus Kenny would be really good. I don't think I've ever seen that match, so that could be very good. Maybe they do like a. I don't know how AEW doesn't really do this type of stuff, but somehow they could get it to a triple threat match at the pay-per-view. Yeah, they they could do a triple threat match. They've never done one. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think the like only... Some double count-out finish for Pac and Orange Cassidy or something. I shouldn't say they've never done one. They've done a couple. Mm-hmm. Those were on, or at least one was on... <clears throat> excuse me. One was on... I think one of the first, um, one of the one of the original. It was there was a oh yeah they had that it was Darby like and, and Darby. Janella and uh, what's his face that Jimmy Havoc fired. Jimmy Havoc yeah that's a name I haven't heard in a long time <laughs> and thankful for that yeah yeah no this is uh it's cool and that would be a fantastic triple threat. Like, if Kenny came out and tried to get Orange Cassidy to win because he wants to face Orange Cassidy or tried to get Pac to win and he interfered in the match and as a result, they end up, uh, it gets thrown out mm-hmm. and they both end up having to face him, that would be funny. That would yeah, be very be really funny. Good. I think I think they have to do Orange Cassidy, though. Think of that pop. Goodness mm-hmm. gracious. Yeah, because Orange Cassidy is so popular, so they probably do want him to definitely be on the show, and him versus Kenny would be 
really good. Because, like I said, I don't think I've ever seen that a match between them. So, and Orange Cassidy losing to Kenny does not does not uh, damage Orange Cassidy in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Pac losing to Kenny again could. Yeah. Because Pac's the type of guy that okay, he his next title defense he should win. Yeah. At this point, realistically, he hasn't really won any of his major feuds. So he really should win his next biggest feud. Whereas Orange Cassidy doesn't have to win. Orange Cassidy could never win a belt and he'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's the type of wrestler that never needs a belt. But when he eventually does get a belt, the place is going to go crazy. Oh, it'll be so funny. Okay, so next we have another fantastic promo. And this was from Miro. And this is essentially us seeing the culmination of the full circle rebuild of Miro since mm-hmm. his terrible build towards the, uh, with the, with the best friends. And what's it been like a month? Yeah. My God. <laughs> like they could have done this so early. Um, this has been fantastic to see. Um, Miro goes out there and he says that nobody's going to distract Miro from his destiny he warns the locker room that if you've got a if you've got a title, you've got a problem. He hands a contract to Tony, makes him read it out loud, and it says that the TNT title is going to be on the line. It'll be Darby against against Miro, and if Darby Allen is unfit to wrestle, then he will forfeit his title. And Miro starts yelling, "No forfeit! I don't want to forfeit. I don't take gifts. I don't need any handouts." He's like, "We will have this match." And and he says that Darby is the man who doesn't mind dying, and Miro is the man who doesn't mind killing him. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's yeah, a fucking was, line. Yeah, this was awesome. And now I'm seeing some unscripted Miro, and he's like, he has, like, English is his second language, so he stumbles over the words sometimes, but it does not matter. Mm-hmm. It's cool as hell. Like he just—he's the Bulgarian brute. He looks awesome. It doesn't matter that he stumbles stumbles over his language. It's—he still sounds really cool, and I think he's going to murder Darby. Oh yeah, this is kind of unexpected because I thought they were going to do Ethan Page and Darby for a while for the title, but I think they're—I think definitely Miro's getting the title, and that frees up Darby to just focus on Ethan Page and them, while Miro goes on a tear with the title. They could also cost him the title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I like is that we don't know where Darby is going here. He could, he's got all these different directions to go there because there's also Archer mm-hmm. floating around, uh, shooting daggers at Darby as well. We don't know what Archer's intentions are. He could make his presence felt. It's like when they were doing the Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky stuff. I was like. Oh, so I guess we're not getting Miro uh, right away. And then Miro came out and was like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And Miro's going to be facing damaged goods, Darby Allen. Um, it's going to be cool. He's going to rip his arm off. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, Miro, or not Miro, uh, Darby's dead next week. There's Absolutely. No he's getting out of this with the title. Okay. So here we go. Deep breath. Blood and guts. Yeah, this is a lot. This is so good. So amazing. Okay. 
So, Brad, jump in anytime you want. Okay. In this, actually, let's start with your thoughts heading into this match. Uh, this was excellent. I I loved everything about this. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Just brutal as hell. I mean, it wasn't like it. It was like a fight. It wasn't. There wasn't too many moves, like wrestling moves, in this. They was just dudes just beating the hell out of each other, just going nuts. Uh, yeah, it was. It reminded me more of a fight, like it was sloppy, like a fight is. In the right places, it was sloppy, like in a good way. I don't mean it was sloppy in a bad oh, way. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Like it, it made it look real. And God, and, uh, it was a Dax that first bled because I feel bad for that guy. He bled so much. <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that was bad. But I, I like this a lot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, when we get to the ending, I'm sure we got stuff to talk about. But Oh, yes. It, it wasn't a bad ending at all. I, I liked it. It was a lot of fun. It's just Let's just get into it. Unless you've got stuff you got to say. No, I will, uh, I'll get into it right away. Um, yeah, so the Inner Circle came out, or sorry, the Pinnacle comes out all in white. And my history of action movies has told me that these guys are about to get bloody. Mm-hmm. That if, if action movies have taught me anything, like when I was a kid, whenever I saw a guy in a white shirt, I was like, that guy's getting shot. Yeah. Um, and they did. Um the inner circle came out in dark charcoal gray prison jumpsuits, which mm-hmm. was a look. Um, <laughs> Santana and Ortiz had on their their, their dead, dead president's, president's face paint makeup again. They look so cool when they do that. Which we we saw them do that at the at the street fight. So I am. <laughs> I hope they treat it kind of like the demon. Like how Finn does the demon where they break it out for certain... So for big matches. Yeah, for certain occasions. Yeah. If like they the... if they did it like the Tomatonka Tonga Loa thing, I would still be into that as well. Mm-hmm. If they just rocked the face paint for a while. Oh, I always think cool. wrestlers need... More wrestlers need to wear face paint. I think wrestlers look so cool when they have face paint on. It's amazing. When Darby <laughs> changes it up every week, mm-hmm. his face paint last week was some of the best he's ever had. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Um yeah, I thought this match was damn near perfect. It was very much in the mold of the NWA WCW mm-hmm. War Games matches in that it was brutal violence instead of high spots. Yeah. And that's not to say there wasn't any spectacular moments. There was. Case in point, Sammy Guevara. As the, no, Sammy as Guevara the, is the MVP of this match, man. He was going nuts. The, oh, my God. As the match starts, he just does the corkscrew over the gap between the two rings mm-hmm. onto Dax as soon as like it, <laughs> yeah. as soon as the bell rings it's like this guy had an absolute fucking showcase in this match yeah. at one point did i you thought see he the was picture dead. he did you see the picture he posted on his twitter of him all bruised up and like stitched up and so i don't, he had a huge cut on his arm i don't even remember that happening yeah but. it's <laughs> like he took some ghastly bumps mm-hmm. in this match like everybody was, just, they were just throwing Sammy Guevara yeah. all around the ring. Um, yeah, there's there's one spot towards the end when uh, uh, Wardlow just, I mean, he launched Sammy almost up to the ceiling of the cage. I think he hit the cage. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, so it was, and it was a big cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was, wasn't it was the little WCW cage. cage. Yeah. yeah, think of like Hell in the Cell roof, but on a War Games type double cage. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said. As I said earlier, the beauty of this match was 
the balance between the absolute excessive brawling and blood cut with the well-placed chaser of the athleticism, such as, mm-hmm. again, Sammy's double rope cutter across the ring. Yeah, that bounce, was so bounce, smooth. Cutter. I was like, what the fuck, Sammy? Which is a variation of the classic Rey Mysterio spot mm-hmm. where he he didn't do it in a War Games match, but he did it across the War Games rings. Yeah. I actually, I wish that they had used both rings when they were out there because they had both rings for the earlier matches. Mm-hmm. I guess they don't want to make the final match seem less special. There has yeah. to be a reason why they're not using it, but it seems like a missed opportunity to me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I don't want to get too far away from this match. Yeah. Sean Spears was absolutely in his element in this match. I thought he was fantastic, yeah. which is great for Sean Spears. Had that cool Canadian chair. This. Cool Canadian chair he brought into the ring. Yeah, the chairman comes in with the chair and just hits Sammy square in the head with it. And <laughs> I was shook. I yeah. was like, oh no, they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Like here they go. He just murdered Sammy Guevara right in front of my eyes. There were, there were I think two massive chair shots in this, um, and mm-hmm. I love that they saved them for moments like this. Like they're not going to break out chair shots willy nilly in this company. Yeah. They're yeah. going to use it for this moment with guys that have grown up knowing how to do these chair shots. Yeah, although one of them was Sammy giving a chair shot so maybe he shouldn't be the one doing it yeah. <laughs> after we've seen him he hit wardlow with a chair shot late in the match that oh like just gutted me i was like oh no um ortiz and santana in this match they were not messing around as no. we said they had the dead president's makeup they both came in with weapons ortiz came in with a bat and at one point, he just pulls out the mad ball. You're like, where the <laughs> fuck was that? Yeah. Just in his draws, he just pulls out a, the mad mm-hmm. ball. And Santana, at one point, pulled out a fucking fork, just channeling Abdul yeah. the Butcher, and just gouged at MJF's face. And when he and did that, the crowd was chanting. <laughs> they were chanting, blood and guts! Blood and guts. <laughs> like they wanted I was like, oh my god, are we in the like the Coliseum right now? What's mm-hmm. going on? Yeah, after he really hit MJF cool. with the fork in the forehead, he licked all the blood off the fork. I was like, you madman. It's like we're in a pandemic, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is cool and you look like you should be in jail. <laughs> like you've you've earned that fucking jumpsuit licking the blood off a fork yeah but oh and both sam both ortiz and santana like you said there was that really cool spot with the gory special into the cage where he fell down beside the cage they both did that both of them on separate occasions got launched into the cage and then fell down beside it like ricocheting all the way down between the ring and the cage and it's such a cool visual and it feels so brutal and claustrophobic when that happens, like they're just stuck, <laughs> like yeah. in between. Just like... yeah, whatever. Um, who was the first one that got gory special? Was it? It was Ortiz, right? It was Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. When he fell and went down to the ring, I was like, "How's he going to get out?" <laughs> it was 
it was nasty. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, FDR looked like just like violent little kids in a candy store. Yeah, they like they were having the absolute time of their life. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely built for this. Dax started this one with Sammy, which was fitting because he's built entirely in the image of Arn Anderson. Yeah. And Arn Anderson's whole thing was that he's the man that starts these matches. Mm-hmm. He started every single one of these matches that he was in. And he's been in more of them than anybody else in the industry. I'm pretty sure Sting's up there and Ric yeah. Flair's up there. But those three guys were in almost all of them. Yeah. Both he and Cash had absolute gushers going in this one. Cash at one point, he, I think he might have thought he was off camera, but the camera caught him. He was in the, in the corner of one of the rings. I think he had a shirt or a towel and he's just wiping blood out of his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't know where he got the towel from. So I don't think we're supposed to catch that. Yeah. But I think, and he was like saying, like I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> and even Jr. said, like, like, oh, he's blind in one eye. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. incredible. Sometimes they uh, just... when Cash and Wheeler would take bumps, like they grab their legs, and I was like, oh shit, was that a mess up? Like I hope they're not hurt, but they're just really good at selling. So I... no, they're they're just yeah. this is this is they're they're in their element, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, watching those two guys, I was just absolutely transported back to the first time I watched the four horsemen in the NWA in these cages. It was Mm -hmm. like, I was like, this is beautiful. I'm finally watching this shit in HD, not through grainy old, old film, uh, old film. Yeah. It's, and then the moment everybody was waiting for when Wardlow enters that cage Mm -hmm. and he did not disappoint. Lord have mercy. He looked amazing in that white singlet. Um, oh yeah! Every everything just stood still when he got in there. Like everyone's just like, "Oh, like here he yeah, comes!" Everyone's just like, "Oh shit, here we gotta go!" Like he's got a presence, man. And mm-hmm. he took on the full active team of the other team that was in there when he got yeah. in there. They just he just waited for them to come at him. He was mm-hmm. like a guy in an action movie. He's like, "All right, one, two, three. like Sammy comes running at him." He just fucking ragdolls Sammy like he's Kermit the Frog right <laughs> into the cage behind him. Just mm-hmm. flung him. And he just went like spinning through the air and hit the cage and then fell flat on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he like kicks Dak or then kicks the next guy in the head and then Lariat. And he was, he just killed them all. And yeah. then Hager comes in and they're That's absolute mirror me. image. They're absolute mirror images of each other. Hager just decimates the pinnacle on the other in the other ring Mm -hmm. just looking the best he's ever looked in AEW. looks awesome and then wardlow crosses the threshold and they're in in the same ring and we just get a kaiju battle and it is so good it did not disappoint and that was a stalemate until mjf got in there and allowed wardlow to get the upper hand and then MGF, he's just rallying the troops. He's the ringleader. He gets them all to isolate Santana in the corner in one side of the ring. They've got him pinned. They're, they're beating the shit out of him. Jericho's able to get into the ring. He's got Floyd the Bat. <laughs> he's swinging for heads. From, from here on in, 
guys guys are just trying to get creative with the ways that they're trying to maim each other. Jericho looked like he was going to hang spears by his neck. Yeah, from one of the like from like the like the scaffolding inside scaffolding the part of it. I was like, oh my god. Like, don't do this. Don't do the big boss man spot. I don't think people are ready for that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, like, he was going to, like, get his arm caught in there and pull it down. I thought, like, I thought Spears was going to get maimed in mm-hmm. that spot. He did not. Um, MJF took the turnbuckle spike off and just walloped MJF in the head with it. Just creamed him. Busted him yeah. wide open. And this is where Santana forks yeah. <laughs> MJF in the head and his bloody head. Um, FDR made the place look like a junkyard. They're, yeah, they're they, pulling up the ring. They did Expo- that pretty well on TV here in the States because like, they're doing picture and picture on commercial. And then I was like, then they cut away from picture and picture. I was like, what the hell? Why are you getting rid of picture and picture? But then when they cut back, the ring was all fucking torn up and plywood was everywhere. So I was like, oh, okay. That makes kind of sense why they did that. <laughs> yeah, so they're repping it apart. They mm-hmm. go to do the pile driver on Santana Ortiz. Santana Ortiz reverse it. They do the assisted pile driver, spike pile driver with Sammy jumping off the ropes. They spike FDR. I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. And that was one of very, very few finishing moves that was used in this match, mm-hmm. which was very cool. I loved that. Um, Jericho hit a code breaker at one point. And yeah, that was it. There wasn't there wasn't anything else. There was some there were a couple of submissions. At one mm-hmm. point, um Spears tapped. Oh yeah, that was Hager. Hager put him in a in an ankle lock when he first came in and Spears was tapping, but you can't tap until yeah. the match beyond part. Yeah, until um, everyone gets in. And then like at the very beginning, Dax tried to pin uh, Sammy and they were like, No, you can't. Oh my God, no that's Spinebuster. Yeah, that was I, did we talk about the uh from one ring to the other Spanish fly that Sammy did on Spears. Oh my God. No, <laughs> you didn't <laughs> like from the middle ropes from one side to the other, the Spanish fly. That was nuts too. That was clean as hell. Mm-hmm. With Spears. Yeah. That was like, yes, that cause they were each one was on one rope from one ring to the other. And they did a Spanish fly, which that has all the potential of slipping or something, something going wrong. Every time I think of this match of each guy, I'm just like, oh, he was the performer of the match. Mm-hmm. Sammy was the performer Sammy, of the match. Sammy was the performer for but sure. Spears had a huge performance. Mm-hmm. That Spanish flag. He was the bump king in this. Well, Sammy too. Yeah. But both of those guys took enormous hits, and they looked fantastic doing so. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then... Unfortunately, this happened in picture in picture, which was kind of shitty. I I had gone to the bathroom. I came back and and I said, "Why is MJ? How did MJF get on top of the cage?" And he said, "Oh, Tully uh, Tully unlocked the cage and yeah. uh, and MJF scampered away up on top of the cage." Like, and I just said, "Oh, cool, yeah." Like I I like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of cool. Um, it's not the first time someone's ended up on top of a cage in a war games match. I've seen Sting up there. Although that was, he hadn't entered the match yet. He was trying to prevent someone from dropping a weapon through the top of it, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Yeah, so he's up there and Jericho gets up and he's climbing the scaffolding to get up there. Like he's trying to get the money in the bank 
which means so fucking slow. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're in, they're on commercial break, so he doesn't want to do it until they come back. But he's just standing there, smiling for like three minutes, waving to the fans and shit. I was like, this is silly. At least show me some stuff happening in the ring while this mm-hmm. is happening. Anyway, so they get up there and they start trading submissions. He gets MJF in the walls of Jericho. Um, I liked, I still like to call it the Lion Tamer personally, but I guess it's not the Lion Tamer without the knee on. Yeah, it's, the back. it's like the difference between the Lion Tamer and the, the walls of Jericho is all the position of Jericho. I always wondered why he stopped doing the knee in the back with the Lion Tamer. Maybe it was just too too painful on the other guy. It looks yeah, more maybe. painful. It does. Um, yeah, so he's got MJF in the submission. MJF breaks a submission, and the crowd is awesome in this match. They're chanting, tap, 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 tap. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. They're so loud. Mm-hmm. I loved it, because they are like half capacity. And this was uh, this was a building that when they originally ran it, was not loud at full capacity. So this was cool to hear. Mm-hmm. And MJF breaks out of it by just groin punching um, yeah, Chris Jericho. A- Pretty effective and counter to any type of Boston Crab move. It was really cool. I actually really, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a stiff groin punch. And for yeah. some reason, I think that was either a way of passing or this allowed Chris Jericho. Anyways, Chris Jericho, at this point, he's got a blade in his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, he's holding the blade in his hand. He gets put in the Fujiwara arm bar, which is salt of the earth arm bar from MJF. And you can see in Jericho's hand, he's holding the blade. Like, he has his hand up to tap, but he's got the blade in between his thumb and his <laughs> pointer finger. And I'm like, what are you doing? Put that shit away. Yeah. I can see it. <laughs> um, granted, I could only see it when I watched it back the second time. The first time, I wasn't picking up on that. So I think if you look hard enough, you find little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he doesn't tap. He He gets out of it. Chris Jericho... Or MJF gets the diamond ring, thwacks Chris Jericho with it. Chris Jericho then uses the blade. He's now bleeding. Um, MJF brings him over to the side of the cage. He's looking down, and and the announcer's like, oh, no, he's going to throw him over the edge. And then at this point, we've been focusing on these guys for about at least five minutes on top of the cage. And Yeah. I was I was wondering, I was like, what? It's like, they probably shouldn't be spending all their time with them. Because this is supposed to be a team-oriented cage match. They should be cutting back and forth a little bit. Maybe show the guys looking up at them. Why aren't they trying to get up to Chris Jericho? Yeah. That's, that was the thing for me here that I didn't like. We should start getting into this end bit, because this is where all the controversy is. Yeah. Um, MJF is threatening to throw him over the edge. They're essentially doing the Lion King. Which is... <laughs> what what does king. Scar say to Mufasa here? Like, uh, now I am the king or something. He says, long live the king. Long live the king. Like, this, yeah. is, this is the Mufasa death spot. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I love this idea. I absolutely love it. But they linger on it for a really, really long time. And I don't necessarily hate that, but they don't show, they don't really show the guys down below. 
and they don't show these guys like the most athletic guys in the world. We saw Sammy do the craziest shit. Somehow he can't climb that cage and get up there. He's standing on the floor above. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, don't don't drop Chris. Don't drop Chris. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And then he says, fine, we surrender. We give up. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I like this. I wish yeah. they had tried to climb the cage. It makes them seem kind of like idiots. But I like that. This is cool. I like this surrender. Like this. This is neat. And then the the music's playing. Um, MJF looks awesome. He's got this really cool look on his face. The crowd's booing. Um, I liked it. It took 45 seconds. I counted it mm-hmm. until he then shoves, like gently pushes Chris Jericho off the cage. He falls down onto the worst looking uh, covered up, like, crash pad with it's like particle board that has been like painted or has like vinyl diamond plate uh, Mm -hmm. metal over top of it but they shot it at an angle where where you were like zoomed in close up that when he hit it it looked like he just hit a pillow yeah Yeah, oh guys when they were shown the replays they did other angles it's like that's the angle they probably should have from way up high and further out so yeah immediately after he pushed him they showed the other two angles it's like both of those angles both of those angles look legit Mm -hmm. that's all they had to do yeah and like they they kept focusing in on jericho like zoomed in on him and he gave like a smile and a wink to the to the medical staff. And yeah. Like, oh, like, guys, I'm okay. stop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but when they were focusing on MJF, it looked really good. Like oh, they yeah. zoomed in on MJF. He's got his arms out. Like he's the new king. All, bloody. all bloody. Yeah. They look cool. They need to make that a shirt. Like, I love this match and the, the prop team in AW needs a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of work. I've mentioned this before in the arcade anarchy match, though that the arcade machines that weren't legit arcade machines looked terrible. They looked like they were made out of cardboard by a child. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where Miro threw an arcade at Trent that one time again, looked like, or no, it was when there was an arcade at ringside and Trent speared somebody through the arcade machine. Oh yeah, the one that was supposed to be his wedding gift to That uh, looked like a toy as well. That looked mm-hmm. that didn't look real either. Um there have been other times when guys have like every time someone gets thrown off a stage through a ta- it's this through a table or through off the stage into like a setup. It's the same setup they have here, but they have it with it's draped in black as opposed to the like silver diamond plate fake stuff mm-hmm. that they had and it's looked better and nobody has said anything like this is the exact same setup just with different stuff on top yeah i don't know it's like do what you did with with Brody lee or with darby in the in the cinematic match where you just mm-hmm. have them go through to the crash pad bowl. something yeah you, it was just a really bad game it like they would have like we said the two further out uh higher up camera angles like from mjf's position it would have looked so much better which yes mm. and then yeah I, when i saw it happen i was like oh that's an unfortunate camera angle but oh well it's still a cool spot and a cool match and then i got on twitter and everyone is just going nuts both sides everyone just needs to calm down it's just a bad camera angle it's not the end of the world 
if, if everyone just needs to calm down. Oh yeah, uh, wrestling Twitter right now is obnoxious. Yeah, all of y'all stop. Yeah, both sides. Um, it's ridiculous. Like you've got you've got pro AW stands, and I'm gonna call them stands because they've got like the fucking little avatars. Mm-hmm. Like it's called like all elite eight five 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 two. Yeah, or um, like. All Elite Steve like, or something like that is their name. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you got those people, and they're saying, "What you wanted him to take a flat back bump on the cement?" No, and nobody has said that. Yeah, not a single person has said that. That is, that's a bad faith argument. You need to stop with that. Mm-hmm. And the other people, like if somebody is saying, "Oh, he needs to," like sure, like I'm sure there are some WWE people that are gleefully like stomping on AEW for this, but like. They fucked up another ending of a fantastic match. This is two in a row. Mm-hmm. They got to get better. This isn't the same level as the exploding barbed wire death match. That, that legit ruined the angle. This doesn't mm-hmm. ruin the angle. No, no. Like, when I saw this, I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, either. oh, I wish they would stop doing crash pad stuff was the only thought I had. And then I moved mm-hmm. on. I was just like, well, that was a great match. Let's see what the internet thinks. Oh. Yeah, and then I went yeah, back and looked at it again. I was just like, "Yeah, I guess it looked a little fake." Yeah, that's, but like, that's all I said too because I was sitting next to my wife on the couch and I just said, "Oh, that's an unfortunate angle." And then I was like, "But MJF looks cool." Like I just like <laughs> completely went on to <laughs> like almost every big table bump I've seen for the past ten years looks bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's... all big table bumps like that look bad. The only ones that don't are the ones that the Bucks take and they break ribs. Yeah. So yeah. that's why you do them like this. I saw people online talking too, and they're making a good point. It's big falls off the cage like that. Mick, Mick Foley's my favorite wrestler of all time, but he's he ruined everybody else. Yeah, he ruined it because it, the one he did was so amazing. Like, no one could ever top that. <laughs> it knocked him out. Mm-hmm. He's out. Yeah. And even Vince McMahon after the match said, never again. But then he had him. He get came too on the. On the, the gurney and yeah. <laughs> unclipped himself and went back out there. Mm-hmm. Like he was knocked out. Like, yeah. Like, well, that's like the Mick Foley people. That's a that's a bad faith argument. The oh, well, he he should have taken a flat back on cement. That's a bad faith. Also, mm-hmm. you can. There's nuance to this. You can be like, hey, you know what? This could have been better, and move on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I still like. Before we started recording, I was looking at Twitter, and I still saw people talking about. It. I was like, "For real? Like it's it's not that big of a deal at oh, all." Oh yeah, it, it's just a bad camera angle and a little cheesy with the the steel pads. If they didn't have the steel pads, like if they just made it look like the the black stage, like you said, it wouldn't have even been bad at all. Like my issue with that ending is not with the bump that Jericho took, or not, and isn't with the crash pad. Even though I wish they would stop doing that crash pad stuff, it looks cheesy. It's mm-hmm. looked cheesy for the past uh, year and a half that AEW's done it. It looked cheesy when Dart, when Sammy took the the crash pad spot in uh, the the Stampede match. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it looked cheesy then too because you could clearly tell he was going through plywood. Yeah, like it, like it. It looked. It always looks fake. Just this time it was zoomed in. But my issue with it was the length of time that MJF took to kick him off. I thought they yeah. lingered way too much up there. If he had gotten the I surrender and he was like, okay, cool. And then like 
kicked him off with his foot, like immediately afterwards. Yeah. This would be a five star for me. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> like sure. as it is right now, it's only four point seven five. Like I yeah. still think it's one of the best matches I've seen all year. Yeah. And it, yeah. that's going up against like some legit classics. Mm-hmm. Like I thought this this is my favorite war games match. And I am a huge War Games fan. Mm-hmm. I thought they perfected the stuff that happened in that cage. I thought they perfected it and they made it modern. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. The stuff on top of the cage is a little cheesy. But that was like five minutes of a 45-minute match that was incredible. And the stuff on top, like, it's cheesy. Which means, like, I don't think it's bad. I thought, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's just a little drawn out, like he said. He should have... Yeah, I liked your I like your idea of him just okay. We surrender, okay, and then he just kicks him anyways. Yeah, kicks him. Mm-hmm. But like, I had more of a problem with the gentle push mm-hmm. off the cage than I did with the crash pad. I was just like, yeah, there's crash pads. Like, I get it, I understand it. I don't think anyone's complaining about it. But I kind of want to. They've gone to that. I think like four or five times now. Every time they throw a guy off the stage, it's the same setup. And we've mm-hmm. seen that happen four or five times. Yeah. Like three, like every time inner circle, how many times has inner circle thrown someone off the, off the stage? Yeah. My Jericho, still... Jericho took that literal bump like less than a month ago from the pinnacle. Yeah. And it didn't look as crash patty whenever they did at that time. <laughs> Cause they didn't use that vinyl diamond. Yeah. Plate yeah. The bolts. vinyl diamond plate didn't help, but Mm-mm. they should have just made it the, look like the regular floor and just, him fall through it. No, it was bad. They were even sitting like a little bit below him where you could see the underneath mm-hmm. of the uh of the panel and you could see that it was wood. You're like, oh Christ. Yeah, they should have had him like fall all the way through it and then you just can't even see him like where the hell did he go? Well yeah, you should have just fallen through. Like have him fall through and there's just like a bunch of foam underneath that he can fall into. Yeah, and then you can like move it out real quick and just have him laying there on the ground afterwards. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it's, however, it's whatever. It's not even. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> no, I, I'm more frustrated with people's anger about it than I am with the actual. Spot. Yeah, me too. Like, I was just like, I don't even want to get on the internet today. Like, like yeah, the the camera angle was funny, and it's funny that the the diamond. But it's like it's not that crazy. We all know wrestling's at work, so it's like you don't really think he's gonna fall on steel like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like wrestling has a has a suspension of disbelief all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, I always tell people it, like, Oh, those moves look so fake. It's like when you see someone do an Irish whip, they're not strong enough to throw someone like that. So like, you have to, it's just... like a comparison that I have with a match that people liked and it wasn't ruined by a spot, but I thought it did dampen. It was the match that Roman Reigns had with, Recently, with at Royal Rumble, with with Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, when where he had him handcuffed out. Yeah, he had him handcuffed to the thing, and it's a what was it was a not Iron Man, Last Man Standing match, Last Man Standing match. So they're counting, and they go to undo the handcuffs, and they had to stop counting because they couldn't get the handcuffs in time, and they're just sitting there for like thirty seconds. (laughs) The guy trying to get Roman out. And I was like, okay, this by, by the standards that we judge 
this uh, this war games match, that match is ruined. But people didn't say that match was ruined, even though Roman Reigns was was lying down, sitting on his butt for like thirty seconds while they couldn't get the mm-hmm. fucking thing undone. Yeah. It's like you just let it go and you move on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine. Shit happens. Anyways. Yeah. Let's get on to next week's episode, because it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, this is stacked, looking at these pictures. This is really good, and I love this, because AEW is not resting on their laurels. They mm-hmm. are going for broke. They have done, was it, four weeks now of excellent TV? With maybe one dip? They might have had a dip in one episode. But I think since they've gone to um since they've gone to unopposed they have just been killing it so next week we have jake cargill is going to be doing an interview with with tony Schiavone. i'm very excited for that she's going to announce her new manager Ooh, is, is she i Probably. don't know i said i wonder if she is i could see that happening i would hope that i mm-hmm. i was telling you last week i watched the the macho man doc mm-hmm. on a and e and they Told the story. I think it was, it wasn't NWA. It wasn't WWE. Maybe it was. Anyway, it was one of the old like mid south um, territories that he was at, and he had brought all the managers out, and they were all pitching him on Macho Man being their their client. They all wanted to represent him, and they were all pitching him in the ring. And he says, like, he, and he gets on the mic. He says. He says, oh, I have a manager. He's like, oh, yeah, manager, come on out. And it's Miss Elizabeth, and it's the first time you see her. Mm-hmm. So I would like Jade to reveal a manager that we have not seen in AEW, yes. a new person to come out and represent her. I think that would yeah. be really cool. That's what I want um, to. That'd be great. I think, like, her own personal Reginald. I don't know if yeah. you've been watching uh, WWE. I mean, not Reginald, but, like, sorry. That guy, Malcolm Bivens. She mm-hmm. needs a Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, for sure. That'd like a funny little man mm-hmm. that is not a wrestler, is not threatening, that she can dwarf mm-hmm. and will make her look like an absolute giantess. Mm-hmm. She needs that. And yeah. somebody who can talk for her as well. Because that's something she struggles with a little bit. She's yeah. good, but she can get better. Mm-hmm. And I think people are a little hard on her because there are lots of people that talk like this in wrestling, including one, Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. So don't give Jade Cargill shit for doing the exact same fucking thing. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) like the cadence of a lot of people's promos. I don't know why you just single her out for it. Like, William Shatner made a (laughs) career off it, and it is fantastic. Yeah. So let's move on. All right, now we have the Young Bucks versus SCU. If SCU loses, they break up. That's really compelling. I want this road to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I need this. I need. I really wish they had been doing more work on this. The this is essentially the Christopher Daniels retirement match. Yeah, because Kazarian's going to keep going. Christopher Daniels is probably hanging it up. Yeah. Unless he does one final singles run for the TNT title, but he's not going to win it. Yeah. So he's or probably they do done. Like, they lose, and then Kazarian 
gets pissed off and snaps on him, so they have like a mini feud for a little bit. They could. They could. But I mean they haven't even they haven't been putting them on TV. This I don't know. <laughs> like this should have been a big marquee story and it hasn't been, which has been unfortunate, but it's gonna be really good and if they do the road two well and if they do and if they put some of that road two stuff on the air, it will be emotional. It should be emotional. It'll be good. And the young bucks are retiring or breaking up SCU. That's awesome. That's some heel shit. Mm-hmm. I like that. Oh my god, this graphic. Next we have Orange Cassidy versus Pac 2, which I like it. Yeah. Oh, they have number one and number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. It looks amazing. I could yeah. frame that and put it on my wall. Yeah. Like Pac these guys, these guys look this looks human. so good. I'm so excited. Yeah, and their match, uh, when they wrestled last year? Revolution. Yeah, that match was so good. <laughs> it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That was the first time we had seen Orange Cassidy in a match, yeah. in a singles match. And it was against Pac. And it was. Yeah. And the thing, I didn't even realize this. They have managed to mix the best friends and Death Triangle like feud into this match. Oh, yeah. I just realized that. Yeah. It's a continuation of their feud. They didn't even <laughs> mention that on the mm-hmm. show. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. And, like, holy shit, guys. Mm-hmm. Really cool job doing this. And this is what I sort of meant last week when I said it made sense for Orange Cassidy to win. Because it looked like they were kind of... It looked like he was getting a push like this. Like, this mm-hmm. is the push. And there's no way he's going to beat Kenny Omega. There's no, not, not a chance. All. And uh, I don't think Kenny Omega should lose. And the problem is that if Pac faces Kenny Omega, it should be he has a really good chance of beating him. Mm-hmm. And I think some people would get mad if he did beat him. Yeah. So I think uh, Orange Cassidy is the better bet of the two. But we can't. It's going to be fantastic no matter what. Oh, and then the next one again. It's just, it's just murderer's row here. We've got mm-hmm. Darby Allen versus Miro. With Sting at ringside. So, to me, what this says is Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky might attack Sting. Yeah. Because they're clearly involved somehow. And I think they're going to attack Sting. And Miro is going to rip Darby Allen limb from limb. Yeah. I'm so excited. This is going to be nuts. And I feel bad for Darby. Because uh, you might die at the hands of Miro. Yeah, it's good. It's like mm-hmm. Miro's going to take his belt and then be like, you're done. Mm-hmm. And then just go in a completely different direction. And I hope eventually faces Kenny with that belt. He, Like Miro says, my destiny has still not been, is mm-hmm. still not complete. I'm, co- I'm coming for Kenny. And Kenny takes the TNT title. Not yet. Yeah, I don't want that yet. But like... Give it a month or two, or a month and a mm-hmm. half, or something. Give him like the Darby Allen run that he said, yeah. like the like the TNT run where every week. Think about this: every week Miro's going to go out there, and he's going to kill somebody. Yep, that's going to be awesome. Gonna be awesome, yeah. And everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, Miro is great." I forgot. Mm-hmm. Here's the: I trusted AEW when they were just butchering his character. I was like, "It'll come around." It's like yeah. they'll get to it eventually. 
you can't fuck up Miro. Yeah, and you can't. Here he's, you go. He's too he's too charismatic to really fuck up. It's it's an easy character to do. He's like, mm-hmm. I am Miro Crush. Like mm-hmm. that's all that's all he does. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He throws in some witty lines in there sometimes, like the emo face paint daddy. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. face paint daddy's going to be at ringside. Yep. Maybe Miro kills him. Oh, that'd be nuts too. Um, yeah. Oh, and then we got John Moxley versus everyone's favorite uncle, Yuji Nagata. <laughs> oh yeah. I cannot wait for this one. This is going to be awesome. It's, I expect it to be kind of booked like a new Japan match style match. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's what Yuji knows. Yep. Yuji Nagata on, TNT for the first time since the late nineties, I guess. I don't since know, he just he... would just show up on mm-hmm. Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would always have like like the great Muda would just show up from time to time and stuff too. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they had a weird partnership with uh New Japan back in the day. Mm-hmm. I I had the, the the network at one point last year when the pandemic started. And I was just watching old Nitro matches, and there's one where every match was just a WCW guy versus a New Japan guy, and they were just sort of running a tournament. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, the first Nitro, I think the first match was Pillman versus Juice and Thunder Liger, so there you yep, go. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, yeah, and Hiroshi Tenzon, is it Hiroshi Tenzon? Is that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah. Hiroshi Tenzon was the hot young prospect. Yeah. <laughs> in New Japan, I was like, oh my god, he's like 85 now. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works out. But yeah, this match is going to be awesome. Hard-hitting, just two pieces of leather just beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> yeah, Yuji Nagata looks like a piece of leather. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Oh my just god, a, it's going to be good. Old grizzled bastard versus a young grizzled bastard. It's John Moxley versus a piece of beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like that scene in Rocky when Rocky's punching all the cow hides. Oh my god, yeah. This is going to be so good. Next mm-hmm. week's episode is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at these last three matches, and this is where you said, I think the John Moxley versus Eugene Nagata main events, and like, but also Orange Cassidy versus Pac, but also Darby Allen versus Miro. Yeah. Like, and also the Young Bucks versus SEU. If SEU breaks up, that's main event worthy too. Like, all four of these matches are main event mm-hmm. matches. Yeah, and these are the only four matches they have announced. There's surely got to be. There's going to be another more. one. There's going to be a women's match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wish they announced it, but whatever. They'll they'll announce it tomorrow. Usually, that's when they announce the rest of the. There's there's maybe two more matches to be announced. Mm-hmm. I would say, but these matches are all going to go pretty long. I was to say, at least three of these because I could see the Miro Allen match just Miro annihilated them pretty quick. But and I Moxley think Ma- you. Pr- oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, I think you were going to get into it. Oh, I was just going to say, I think Moxley and Nagata probably. That's probably like 15 to 20 minutes. Same with Cassidy and Pack. And same with Bucks. Yeah. Maybe all they need is four matches. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think of what other. I mean, we're going to see Archer next week. He's going to say some things. Mm-hmm. They'll have a Britt Baker segment. Yeah. No. Next week is stacked and i cannot wait and i can we i'm happy to announce that um aw got back over the million mark this week yeah i saw that they were actually number one in all the cable too it's the first time they've done that I saw yeah somebody. that was very cool mm-hmm. um wasn't as huge a number as people had thought but i guess just tv was down 
And I guess as it as it's getting nicer out and people are going out. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it's nice now. People are getting vaccinated and they want to go out. Like, like people the hell out. people have been indoors for a year and a half. Like, so like let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> like I just hope they would meet their one point three. I th- too bad they didn't. Like uh you would have thought that this would get them there, but who cares? Mm-hmm. It's still like, oh, they didn't hit their record best. Yeah, no, it's or, fine. It's over oh, a million. Well. They bounced back after the the lower week from the week before. Was that the when they were down the week before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They did a uh, one three, then one one, and then, then eight, but that's eight something, was, and then yeah. back to one one again. That's because Biden's so, talking. Okay. So yeah, Ooh. it seems like they could su- sustain a one million viewer rate, which is good. Yeah, I think. I think that's a, away from NXT. That's to be expected. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't really care about ratings. I just see it as ratings are just show that the company is succeeding. Yeah, and that's as long as they're succeeding, like I'm happy. If they were getting poor ratings, but they were getting the WWE treatment, which was they keep getting renewed by their <laughs> yeah by their company, they can do two. If they, they can just be me and you for all I care. Yeah. As long as they stay on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're successful, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And it's a metric for, to, to show that real world success. Yeah. Anyways, I think, uh, I think we're it's good to go. longer than dynamite. So. Yeah. <laughs> we went, oh man. Yeah. We, we did go longer, but dynamite didn't do a top 10 list. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I'm sure they would have spent the 13 minutes on it. Yeah. All right. See you guys later. See ya.